everyone to Studio Insights with Bell Vista Studios. That is us, Kim, Hannah, and Victoria. Thank you for joining us again for another episode. This is an opportunity where we ask each other questions to learn from the other people, things that we appreciate or recognize that they do well that we want to learn for ourselves. If you've been following along, we thank you. Um, I believe we've got some questions ready, otherwise we wouldn't be here today. Hannah, would you like to go first with your question? Okay. Here is, yeah, basically that you get insight into what we're doing as an instructional design company, an e-learning company, and you probably face similar challenges. And this is just kind of how we talk through them in the moment and help each other be better, overcome those challenges and make life easier, do things better. Over to your question, Hannah. Awesome. So my question's for you, Kim. And what I would love to know is how, as instructional designers, we can gain trust and respect from our clients. And I guess I would sort of relate it to getting a seat at the table. So creating a relationship where they trust your advice. Um, and yeah, you get that trust and respect from them. And I'm just wondering what actions you take to create those relationships with clients. The first question back at you or for the four people looking at home is how do you know that there is no trust? What evidence do you have that trust doesn't exist? So in this instance, do you have any? For me personally? Mm. Um, no, I don't have evidence, but I probably like it's a new thing for me with like when I interact with clients, I feel like I'm not acting in a way where I am gaining trust and respect. Like that's my own self-reflection only because I know I'm building confidence and having those conversations and communicating to clients. And I feel like I often like know, have the knowledge to be able to, to share with them and help them be better but I don't always know how to communicate it in a way that's engaging and gets her attention. And I yeah, I know that to be true. Uh, probably because I don't feel comfortable when I'm speaking to them and providing advice. Like it doesn't feel like it's completely flowing and that they're responding in the way that I would want them to respond. Okay. So that's okay. Um, And I see you do it and you have like, from what I see, when I see you do it, you have confidence and they, like you win contracts and you get their trust and you get ongoing projects and things like that. So I'm just wondering if there's anything that you do that helps you to do that or whether it just happens naturally through being yourself or. Well, I think one thing that you've brought up is the feeling comfortable, right? You feel comfortable with your expertise and yeah. the process that you might be taking them through, the information, the comments, this, whatever you're saying. So you you're comfortable and confident with your expertise. The comfortable that is lacking, I'm hearing, is in how you're communicating it. Mm. What that's that's you though. What evidence are you getting from? those people receiving your stuff that tells you that they're un 
that they're not getting it or that there is lack of trust <clears throat> or no trust? Um, probably like silence or they're not like, like if I'm running a workshop, they might not understand what I'm trying to explain. And as I'm explaining it, I'm like, I don't even know if I'm explaining this properly. I don't know if they're getting it. Whereas for other things, like if I talk to yourself or Victoria about something, I feel like confident in explaining it. So I think it is, it's definitely like a mental thing around it being a client and someone that's paying for our services. And I want to add like a lot of value to them. So I guess it is like breaking that barrier of that mental fear of not giving them the right information or not explaining things. But I think it's, yeah, like them not giving me the answer that I've, I expected or like needed when I was like asking for information. Um, and I know you and I spoke about it once before where we were talking about how I facilitate workshops and oh, even with like coaching. So we did like human centered design coaching. Mm. And you and I said that like, I can, I have the right information to share, but I just need to be better at like convincing the person who I'm explaining it to. Can you explain more about that convincing side of it? Um, I guess it's like, you know how someone tells you something and like suggests that you do something a certain way, but you're like, oh, I don't know if I should do it. Like I don't fully trust what they're saying. That's a response I feel like I get sometimes. Whereas other people, like if they set, like if they get your trust and they do something that makes you go, oh, they actually know what they're talking about. And like, I trust their advice and I'm going to take on what they're saying or consider it. I feel like I'm not doing that second one. And some of it's out of my awareness. Like I don't fully understand it, but I'm just wondering, maybe you've even noticed the way I facilitate if there's anything you think I could do differently to earn more and like have more of a presence as a facilitator in the process? I think there's a few things going on here. So if I just specifically focus on this convincing one, continue the kind of path that you've gone down at the moment, we'll come back to the trust stuff and that in a minute. Yeah. Um, is you're trying to convince someone, you're saying that you know this process works, but you want that other person to trust you and to take on that process because you know it's going to be better for their lives, right? Make their life easier or something like that. You trust me, do you? Mm -hmm. Do you do everything I tell you to do? Because I tell you and I know it's going to add value to your life um, and it's going to make your life easier for the challenge that you're facing. Do you implement what I tell you to do all the time? Not everything, but I definitely like listen to you and like consider what you're telling me. But I yeah. might, I'll definitely like reflect in my own time around whether it works for me. Mm -hmm. Situation. Yep. So I'm telling you because I care about you and I see a better way for your challenge. So my intent is really good. I'm like, this is the, the, you've got this challenge, Hannah. This is how you solve it. I've been there in the past. I've come up with the solution. Do it this way. And you go, I trust you, Kim. I'm not going to do it this time. And my, I'm going to reflect and I'll see what happens. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it my way. Maybe I'll do a hybrid after I've reflected. 
but I do believe you have strong trust for me and you know my intent is good for you, but what goes on for you, that means that you don't just trust and take it on. You're not convinced using your language. Well, I guess because like everyone's situation is different and just because it works for one person, it might not work for someone else. So for me, I like to experiment whether it works for the way that like I live my life and I think about things. And so I do trust that it works for you. And I know you're telling the truth that it is helpful, but I definitely have to experience it myself and understand whether it works first. Yeah. So now you've empathized with the person you're trying to convince. So now how does that play where you do it yourself and then that's the challenge you're facing with someone else. So how can you now empathize with where they're at on their journey and what meaning you're making about it for you and your interaction with them? I think it's more so like when you tell me to try something, like the way you communicate it from my perspective, you communicate it really well and it makes sense to me that it works for you. But I think I'm more worried the way I communicate that element of it. I know it's out of my control whether the client or the, per the attendee in the workshop takes on my advice, but I feel like I'm falling down in the communicating, the communication part of, I think that's where I'm sort of stuck. And this is going back to what you were saying earlier around, you might receive silence from someone mm. or you might receive an answer you weren't expecting to the question that you asked yeah okay so let's explore silence for a moment what is silence what does silence represent uh well you don't know unless you ask but it could be like thinking about something processing something not understanding something not being engaged it could mean like many different things mm -hmm. yep so if that person is silent what responsibility do they have? To tell me if it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You just leave the silence and wait for them to tell you if something hasn't clicked or it's not working for them. Yep. To begin with, yep. And then if we flip it back to you as the facilitator, mm -hmm. what responsibility do you have when you receive silence in response to a question you may have asked? Uh, well, I guess leave the silence for a little while in case they are processing or thinking things yeah. through. Yeah. But if it gets to a point where the silence has gone on for a long time and you feel like they're not getting it or they're struggling, then just asking like, is there any like, is there any way I can help you understand that more? Or what would you say to them? What would be your, like a script? Mm. So you've identified that the evidence you have that it's not working is you've posed a question, the silence, you're not getting the silence to con the confusion point, um, not the processing point, right? So we pretend that they're, they, are not processing it and just thinking, and then they're gonna give you a response, they're confused, right? So the evidence you have is that they're giving you responses that don't answer the question that you've asked. Well, they're not answering at all. Okay. 
So a couple of things that I kind of recommend and you just experiment, I guess there's no right or wrong. And sometimes you have to do three or four things to get to where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, you could just say, what am I asking you right now? Yeah. So they tell you what, how they've understood what you've asked. Yeah. What are the benefits of doing that? Uh, well, I guess it helps you understand where they're coming from and what's going on in their mind. So you can help them more mm -hmm. and come in from like an empathetic view from their perspective. Yeah. Cause I can assume a lot of things, right? Yeah. And like, if we think about your original question to where we are now in this conversation, I could have assumed that answer, but yeah. when ask questions back of you to understand and try and clarify the problem that you're having, the conversation has gone deeper and it's probably a little bit different from your original question that you asked me. Yeah. So I'm trying to empathize with what you're really going through so that I can help you to the best of my mm -hmm. ability. Yeah. And I'm getting you to yeah. say things back to me for you to process your writing. I can see you're writing things down. You're recalling things back to me. So you're processing it again. You'll go away later and process. You'll see how that works for you. You'll make adjustments and you'll do your little learning cycle, I guess. Yeah. So there's that. So yeah, what am I asking you right now? Clarify that they understand. Yeah. Um, I really liked how you asked for evidence as well because I feel like often I can, like it's a feeling that I have. So after I've finished doing the workshop, I'm like, oh, it felt like, ugh, like something didn't feel right. And I think it's good you asking those questions because it helped me identify what it is exactly that I'm experiencing. Because I think maybe another element is like the confidence part and just practice and doing it more and more. And I know we spoke about yesterday, like getting your own flair as a facilitator, like not just trying to do what you've seen other facilitators do, but just like developing your own style. And I think once I do that, I'll be more comfortable and confident in like managing the situation and facilitating a larger group of people. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you've learned over the years from your experience with having meetings with clients and facilitating workshops that's really helped you? In regards to what specifically? Well, helped you like do a good job and get the information that you need and run it <laughs> successfully, I guess. I think with any workshop and any task, you have to have a clear intent. Mm. It needs to be purposeful, right? And we talk about this all the time. What is the goal? What is the problem I'm trying to solve? So when we think about a workshop, what is the goal of the workshop? I need to know how that fits into my process. What do I need at the outcome? So my, if I'm thinking about a discovery workshop, we run multiple activities. The goal is that the information gathered in that workshop can then help me storyboard, right? So I need to make sure that everything captured in that workshop allows me to achieve my goal of storyboarding. So a clear intent. So if I know I'm headed towards a storyboard, what do I need? I write down, what do I need in my storyboard? 
these are the questions I need answered. This is what I need from these particular people. Who are those particular people? What yeah. challenges, what risks, what assumptions are there? Then I work backwards. Okay, if I've got the time with these right people that I've identified, what do I need from them? Which is in our discovery workshop, we've identified that now. I need a clear goal agreed on. I need a persona done. I need empathy maps done. I need scenarios done. All those things are on our YouTube playlist for human-centered design, if you're interested. Um, so that workshop is very purposeful. It's intent driven because I have a problem and a goal, which is my storyboard. Where my current state is, I know nothing about the project. How am I going to close the gap? I'm going to run the activities in that workshop to get me there. So we talk about this all the time. What is the goal? What's the current state? How do I close the gap? Yeah. So that is that. If you have a clear intent, it's really easy. Now that looks at that high level. How that plays out in you've asked a question, right? You're running one of these activities. You pose a question. For example, how do we want our learners to feel at the end, or sorry, I'll just use a more specific one for now because I'll be able to get an example, is um, what do I want learners to say if they were doing this effectively at the end of our training, right? And I pose that to the audience, our, our stakeholders in the workshop. They start calling out things, I'm documenting them. Again, now my goal is, do I have everything that I need my learners to say at the end of the training that they will complete at the end from my stakeholders now so that I can storyboard. And I'm looking at the data, I'm looking at the information they've given. I'm like, is that one clear? Would I know what to do with that afterwards if I came back to it? Yes or no. Yeah. Do I know the next one? Oh, we want them to say blah. Is that specific enough? so that someone could walk away at the end of our training and do that. So yeah. again, this, what is my goal? Where am I at? Do I have what I need to achieve my goal? So I'm doing that at the workshop level. I'm doing that at the individual activity level. I'm doing that at the individual question level that I'm asking of the stakeholders in the room. Yeah. So it's about, because I think that to me is like, you need to be facilitating the conversation, but you also need to be focused on your process and what you need. So would you just have like, you'd have your notepad or something next to you where you're crossing things off that you need and trying to think about. And even if you do need to take time to stop and pause and process things, you don't need to be like on, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it is, I feel like sometimes I find it hard if I'm facilitating a workshop and dealing with everyone in the room as well as trying to think about what I need to storyboard that to me can get overwhelming but potentially with practice it just becomes more natural because I know you I see you doing it where you you're like what do I need and you're asking them all these right the right questions to get what you need but I'm like I'm just focusing on running the workshop I'm struggling to think about if I'm going to forget something that I need when I get actually get to the storyboarding stage 
Yeah. So I guess the question for me that I'm uh, so there's two components, and that is what makes facilitation challenging, right? Is mm. that you're trying to facilitate a process. We've identified the process that works. These specific activities need to be achieved. We know how to run that. You know how to do an empathy map. Yeah. You know how to do a persona. When it's put together, you know the full process of the workshop. So it's a process. We know it works. We've done it multiple, multiple, multiple times. We've got the results that we need. Yeah. So number one now is I trust the process. I know I just need to get through the process. Yeah. You've got the dynamics of lots of people saying things at multiple time and trying to keep the conversation on track, looking at the time. We've got two hours. Yeah, that's going on. And then you're yeah. thinking, do I have what I need for my storyboard? Yeah. So everything that someone says to me when I'm documenting the information they're giving me, we want people to say this, Kim, after the training. This is how they should interact with their customers. We want them to do this. We want them to go to the intranet and look up the policy. So yeah. what I'm thinking in my head is that thing that they've just said, do I know how to do that as a learner? Would I know how to do that? No. Okay, if I go to that intranet, Kim, we just need people to go to the intranet and look up the policy. And then I go in my head, would I know how to look up the policy? Well, what would I need? I'd need the link to the internet. I'd need the name of the policy that I'm looking for. Okay, I've got two questions now that I need to ask that are follow-up to that particular comment. Yeah. And then I'd, okay, I've got them. I'm happy to move on to the next dot point that they're going to give me. And normally what happens is they just dump heaps of information at you and you document yeah and then it slows down you know that verbal vomit of all the information they want to give you slows down at some point and that's where yeah. you have the space to go through each of the things that they've said and ask yourself would i know how to do that if i read that dot point yeah what would i need to know to do that dot point yeah and that's then how i flesh it out i get deeper okay I put a little note for myself, get the link to the internet, find out the name of the policy, for example, or they say, um, we need them to overcome objections, Kim, uh, when they're doing car sales, for example, Cool objections. I document that. Yeah. What, got it. what objections? I don't know what yeah. objections. Hey, tell me what objections come up. And then they'll start going, oh, people will say, I need to talk to my wife before I buy the car. Oh, I don't have that much money, um, whatever it is, right? So all these objections. So I just document them, document, document, document. And then I say to them, okay, cool. I don't know how to, do I, as a learner, know how to handle that objection? No. Okay. Tell me now, how does this play out? When the car salesman's standing there, they're talking to the person and they seem really keen. They want to buy the car and they say, I need to talk to my wife about this. You know, I can't make that decision. What should the car salesperson say in response to that? And then they tell me, this is what they should say. And I document, I document, I document. Now I have a scenario. Yeah, cool. Yeah, awesome. So it's this, I think it's really cool as well that we don't, like we go, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know the topic and that freaks me out, but you don't actually need to know the topic. And I understand that definitely 100% now. And I think it's useful as well because it helps us step into the shoes of the learners because they're likely to not know the information that they're going to be learning. So it helps us get the information that we need. 
but yeah, no, that was really good. I think it is just like having the confidence from what, like the conversation that we've had, it's like having the confidence to just like go in there, like be yourself and not have expectations of being like every other facilitator. And it is about, like we've spoken about it with the human centered design coaching. It's not about presenting in front of people. It's about extracting the information that you need. So just focusing on like, do I have the information that I need? And just, yeah, relating it. Like I think about if I had a meeting with you in Victoria, like I'd find it so easy to be like, can you girls just like stop? Like I need to finish writing this or, and I think there's some sort of barrier with doing that with clients. So I just need to break that barrier and understand that like, I always have a good intent and I'm not ever going to be, my intent is never going to be to be rude or to cut them off or to seem like, I don't know what I'm doing or not helping them. So I think it's just like blending everything as one, if that makes sense. Yeah. And practice, I think. The more you do it, because I know the more I do things, the much easier it gets and I build more confidence and then I can get better results each time. So mm -hmm. thanks, Kim. That was really good. Very well, useful. I'll just, I want to summarize that part of it first of all, which is I think for like, we have a process that we take people through and mm -hmm. you need to trust the process because that's tried and tested. We have evidence that works. So yeah. now you have the capacity to just put yourself and pretend you're a learner and be mm -hmm. curious. Like you said, you're there to extract information. Yeah. So for people watching at home is you need to plan your approach before you do whatever it is, like we do a discovery workshop, it has things like empathy maps and things in it. What is your process? Plan that, be intentional. What's my goal? What's the problem I'm trying to solve? Where am I currently at? And what is my plan to close that gap? So that's what everyone needs to do. Then you've figured that out, which will relieve you to just trust the process. Do the process, it may fail, it won't fail, it may not go perfectly or smoothly, but what does in life? So you need to accept that if you get it 80%, you should be really happy, right? Mm -hmm. So you've done the work by planning, trust the process. Now you can just put yourself into, I am a curious person here to extract information. I'm going to pretend I am the learner. What do I need if I was a learner to do something differently at the end of the training? And if you're constantly asking your question of that of yourself, you can ask it to your stakeholder and they can give you what you need, which is at the end of the day, the content that goes into your storyboard or into your end solution. Now, what is gonna be interesting here is let's validate this, Victoria. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was thinking that to myself. Well, you ask the question then, let's see. You be the learner and ask the question of an SME. What question do you have? What's your goal? What's the question for Victoria you want to ask? Uh, well, my question, it might have been different to yours, but I just wanted to understand like how, because I know Victoria ran her first discovery workshop with us. Hold on, hold on. We need to test our process. Okay, no, you ask the question then. No, no, I no. To, oh, yeah. This is your learning. <laughs> What's your goal, Hannah? What's your goal? You're going to ask Victoria something? 
what's your goal? What's the problem you're trying to solve by asking her a question? Don't think of the question, but what is your goal or what's your problem? Uh, whether the process got her where she needed to be. Okay, be a bit more specific on needed to be. What is that? If you're a fly on the wall, what would you see? Uh, so whatever goal she had before the workshop. Well, no, sorry. Think about her as a learner listening to our discussion. So we want to see if our discussion makes sense to her. Ah. Uh, That's the framing I'm coming from. Okay, can you just ask the question? Because <laughs> I'm getting confused. <laughs> Is it whether everything we've just spoken about makes sense to Victoria from someone who is just learning to? So, yeah, think about it. We're trying to be intentional, right? By being intentional, if we have a clear goal or a problem we're trying to solve, then we're intentional and we can ask a question that's intentional to help us move forward. So what do you want to know about this conversation and if it actually works? What we've just spoken about what validation or evidence do you want to learn well i guess it is like whether like from victoria running through the process that we use for discovery workshops whether it added value to the solution that she's creating and it gave her the insights that she needed to move forward with a project and whether like running the workshop made sense to her and that's sort of what I wanted to understand from her perspective but I think it's different to what you were going to ask him potentially yeah um I want you to apply our process to ask this question so I want you to think of a goal. We've just had a conversation answering something that you wanted to learn. And now we want to validate it and see if what we've been speaking about makes sense to another learner, which is a, we're kind of prototyping, right? And we're prototyping with Victoria because she's been listening to this discussion. So whether viewers of this video or listeners would understand what we've been speaking about? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I guess the best way to understand that would be for Victoria to provide us with her understanding of what we just spoke about and repeat it back. Is that it? <laughs> so your goal, Hannah's identified the goal of, does this process make sense to others? And you're going to check that and you're asking, Hey Vic, can you please like, cause you're Vic starting at a zero. Like if we think mm -hmm. about the closing the gap space, starting at a zero, but we want her now to be able to, um, by process, do you mean the process of the workshop? No, the process of the, the, you're talking about confidence and, feeling comfortable as a facilitator and trusting the process get building trust with your stakeholders so is it kind of like would i have the confidence now 
and think I have like the ability now to run a workshop with stakeholders based on the advice you guys just gave. Yeah. Thank you for summarizing. Definitely struggling to do. Well, there was a lot to it, I would say. Yeah. Am I just answering that now? <laughs> so what were your takeaways? Yeah. You I feel like there was question, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I struggled um, with that. I think I got a bit lost. <laughs> well, I feel like there were a few components to it. Like the first thing was to do with the confidence and feeling like you're not getting the right response from clients. Mm -hmm. And I think the advice from you guys that I would want to apply is like not assuming that they don't understand it just because they're not responding straight away, like letting the silence mm -hmm. sit first um, and not just assuming straight away that it's a bad thing, basically. And then if it does sit for a little bit too long, <laughs> um, asking questions, like whether it's asking specific people if they haven't shared or if everyone's like got blank looks on their faces, uh, <laughs> asking questions to see like, uh, what was it? Asking them what are you, uh, what do you, what do you think I'm asking you? What am I asking you right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, another thing with that, which I was gonna say before, I got caught up in, is I really appreciate when I'm in a workshop or something. If someone says like, if I look confused or whatever, um, just like what, what's going through your mind or something mm -hmm. like that, like giving That's them permission to kind of like word vomit if it is just like random thoughts where it's not like an actual answer. Mm. I do like that. So I'll add that in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> um, so yeah, confidence is asking questions if there's silence. Um, and then I guess the second part of it was how you balance like the facilitation and getting what you actually want out of the mm. process. Mm -hmm. um, which you've kind of said like you'll get better with practice for the facilitation side of things because it is more focused on what you actually want like you know that process you know what the process is to get what you want out of the workshop or meeting or whatever it is so it's like following that and then as a like side thing is actually facilitating the conversation and asking people to pause if they need to or um expand on things and just like keep prompting them the whole time because really you're focusing on what the actual process is and the actual like mm uh handling of <laughs> stakeholders is kind of like I don't know if I'm explaining that probably but to me it's kind of like that's like a separate thing and it's not mm. as important but you obviously need to know how to manage that to follow the process yeah like if a stake if two <laughs> stakeholders are like not agreeing on something you're dealing with that as well as like trying to get the information you need yeah. is that sort of what you mean Vic? But I think that will kind of become second nature, like the more you do it, because yeah. really you're just focusing on getting like your getting through your process, getting all the questions you have answered. Yeah. And yeah. how you actually like speak to them, that's kind of not as important, but you obviously yeah. need to know, like, I think you're worried about like what language you use and like how you. Yeah. Like, what do you say? Get it from them. But it's like, that's not really the important thing. It's just asking questions and like being mm. upfront and saying, I need a second to wrap this down. Yeah. Or when you say that, what do you mean by that? Like, that's not, <laughs> that is just like natural to kind of do, I guess. Yeah. But it's just making sure you're always like following the process. I don't know if I've explained that well at all. I, I think I do get what, <laughs> I get what you guys are saying though. Yeah. I don't know if I've like communicated that I understand it well though. 
but I do feel like I understand. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Does it sound like I got what you were saying? <laughs> it sounded good. <laughs> so now we wrap it back. Hannah had a goal. She asked you a question. Now we need to check. <laughs> Hannah is the learner, which she was in this instance. I know this is like getting very meta and stuff, but I hope people are following. Um, Hannah wants to learn how to be a better facilitator was her goal. We've then had a conversation. She asked a question of Victoria to validate, does this work? Is this, oh, sorry, what did you say Vic was the question, the goal, Hannah's goal, when she asked um, the question? Like, would you have the confidence and would you feel comfortable to I don't know exactly how I phrased it, but would you have like the confidence to run a workshop based on the advice you guys gave? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Now, Hannah, the question to you is: your that was your goal. Mm. Victoria has given you information, recalled stuff back to you. What you've heard from her, do you feel comfortable and confident to run the workshop to a better level than you did before? Uh, yes. I think the only, like I've made a note here, the only other thing that I'd like to do that I think would get me to... Pause, pause, pause. Because you're going, you're looking for the gap still. So what, what works from what you've heard and then focus on what you need. So confirm um, what she's given you is good information. Yeah. Do you feel confident from that stuff? Yes, so I think, yeah, I do. Yep, cool. So then the process which you were jumping to first, which is good, but I wanted you to recognize and validate what you'd received and heard back yep. first. Now yep. you are looking for, you're gonna say, and you've made the link, something's missing. So now what's your missing link? Um, so for me, like, I think a core part of it was like asking questions if there's silence. And Victoria mentioned that like it's useful to know what to say and we've got like some things written down but I think it'd be useful for me to have like more scripts that I can use to help me meet different goals rather than like trying to think of how to say something if I haven't asked questions like that before so that would take that would help me more like I get the asking questions part but I think I need to have scripts that I can refer to beautiful so now what's your question of me now what do you say what are your like common scripts or sentences that you say in workshops beautiful i hope this is like making sense <laughs> the way it's playing out yeah it is now i think <laughs> i'm getting there so what you've just done though is the instructional design process what you're asking how do i know that i've got all the right information blah blah blah. so you've gone yeah these things are sorted i'm comfortable with Victor what victoria repeated back to me i know mm. i could do those ones and feel confident but there's this one thing that i'm unsure of so now i'm going to go back to my sme which is me in this instance because you've asked me the question and yeah specific scripts so that's where you're going there's a gap for me to achieve my goal there's a gap i'm asking questions now i can give you the scripts and hopefully we'll close that gap and you'll resolve this for yourself yeah oh god this has gotten weird it's like i'm running a workshop now 
Did you just like create a role play out of nowhere? <laughs> so do you want the actual scripts now? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, can you ask the question again so I can get into like that mode? Please. What, what are some scripts? No, wait. If I was a fly on the wall, what would I see you saying in workshops? to help you get the information that you need. I would leave silence. From that, I would check, is it confusion or is it processing the silence? What would you say to check that? I'd leave silence for an awkward amount of time. And then- How many seconds exactly? <laughs> This is good. <laughs> yes. You do want to ask those questions for the purpose <laughs> of the instructional design process. Um, count to 10. Oh. I think you'll feel very uncomfortable, but sit in yeah. it. Okay. okay. So we've counted to 10. Nine, <laughs> 10. And then first of all, I don't want to assume they're confused. I want to assume they're processing. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're just thinking. I take a long time personally to think. Okay, so, cool. so what what is what have you come up with, Hannah? Or what have you come up with, Vic? So I'm calling on, just in case you haven't had the confidence to speak up. You have the answer in your head, but you just haven't spoke up. So I'm going to call on them. What do you think? What's going through your head, which was Victoria's question? Mm, I like that. So then that starts flowing. There might be other people that have still be, been silent. So I'm going to call on them individually. What do you think, John? What do you think, George? And I make sure that everyone has a voice, especially in that initial one. I call on them each individually because they're all equally there and have value to contribute. So I want them to know at the beginning. There's no one person that's better than the other. It doesn't matter about your role title. It doesn't matter about your level of hierarchy. You're each here because you add value to the process to help me achieve my goal. So let's assume they've all spoken. Now let's go back and be like, they don't understand. So I would have asked that and then they're just more blank stares. I'm like, okay, what am I asking you to give me right now? And then someone might be like, they might regurgitate a question and it could be what I'm asking, but they've phrased it a better way, which then everyone's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> and then they give me all the information. Mm, yeah. Or they could say, more silence, but they're too awkward or afraid to say they don't get it. Yeah. And I could just say, okay, I'm going to try and rephrase it because you would just say, oh, I'm going to try and rephrase it. So you try or you ask, can someone help rephrase that even more? Sometimes I, um, I'll admit a vulnerability. Sometimes I'm not the best at phrasing things. I, People watching this video are probably going, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can someone help? Like Victoria was able to ask the question that I couldn't get out. But when you said it, I was like, yes, that's the question. That I <laughs> so I might ask for help with that. And then that might assist. Um, then we know, you know, they verbal vomit, they share information. The question to ask then is, what else? Silence. 
and then <laughs> um there are things like i'm asking in my head do i have what i need to achieve my goal what's my goal my goal is to storyboard what am i going to need to storyboard well, if they're saying they need to look something up on the internet, do I have what I need to be able to design a storyboard or solution that helps someone look it up? If I was the learner and I needed to do what they just said, could I do it? No. What do I, what question do I need to ask of them so that I can physically walk away and do it? So if I don't know how to do it, how can I train someone else? Mm. I think that's enough. Probably the one, thank you for that. That was really good. I've written all of those down. That's really good. Um, probably the only other situation that I struggle with, and I guess this is going to be different for everyone depending on their personality and how they communicate. But when, so you have a certain amount of time for a workshop and they're spending like a lot of time on the one slide. And I know this happened in a recent workshop for us and you were messaging me saying like, move on, move on, move on. And I really struggled to like, because I don't want to cut people off if they have like value to give and like they feel comfortable to share. I don't want to like impact that. Um, but I don't know what to say to like move on with a workshop without. So what, like, what do you, what script or sentence or what would I see you saying as a fly on the wall if you were in that situation? Yeah, so the first thing that would be going through my head is, is this valuable to help me achieve my goal or not? Yeah. Are, there, are we just having ridiculous conversations that I think adding, oh, sorry, taking us off track? Sorry, not ridiculous conversations. Well, I guess ridiculous <laughs> conversations, everyone wants to have a party when they come together for a workshop. Uh, yeah. Or is this information they're giving me adding value or do I have enough information from what they've provided that I could close the gaps? and achieve my goal, my storyboard, right? So I'm making that determination because in that moment, I might make a decision and go, we do need to spend more time on this and mm -hmm. I'm gonna spend more time on this and then I'm gonna book a second workshop to do the rest of it. Okay. So that is the first instance I'd say, I'm conscious of time and the discussion, the discussion that we're having right here is very valuable. With your permission, I would like to continue and use the rest of this time to really get to the core of this particular activity. Mm -hmm. and the rest of the workshop is still really valuable as well, but I actually would love to book a second workshop where we could focus on that. How does that sit with you? And they go, we don't have time. We need to move on in the project or yeah, I think that's a good idea. Or, oh, no, we can move faster. So that will play out. And then you need to react. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if, so that's the first thing. Do we need a bigger workshop or can we do mm -hmm. it? Now, if we're doing individual activities and we're trying to get it done in two hours and we've got four, eight, 15-minute activities to get through and one of them's gone to 20 minutes. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it's adding value. I'm going to still going, I'm thinking in my head, I need to sacrifice time or save time some later on. Yeah. And it's again, if it's, and I think you need to do this up front as well, like early on. So you're setting the expectation to move fast. And this, I guess this is a reflection though of my style. I like to move fast. I want to get mm -hmm. in, get the information, get out. I'm not there to, talk about people's life story like because i know our 
two hour workshop, people do it in one full day. So they want eight hours to do it. Mm. That's not my style of working, but it might be yours. So you got to determine that. So yeah. something I say is when I'm like, I need to move on is I'm conscious of time. So I just want the really important need to know things right now, not the nice to know. So in the yeah. next one minute, what do I need to know about this specific thing? And I just do it really quickly. Yeah. Okay. And then when that activity ends, I say, okay, to keep us on time, we have, we've lost a bit of time. What I need you to do is just get very specific and give me keywords. I'm going to dot point them. So yeah. I'm setting the expectation for the next one that I don't need stories. If I need stories, yeah. I'm going to ask for them. Yeah, cool. So you guys give me the dot points. And if I need more data, I'm going to ask you about it. But don't give me the context up front. I'll make the call on that just to keep us on track. Does that sound good? And everyone's like, yeah, makes sense. And they appreciate yeah. it. They're part of the process. They get it. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. That was really good. Okay. So to cycle back to the <laughs> question of trust in a workshop, do you feel like you're in a better position where you can put these things into play? Experiment, reflect, and then make a choice on whether you have trust or not, and that you would like to develop further in that. Yes. Thank you. Question resolved for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for playing along. Victoria, <laughs> to you. <laughs> um, my question is for Kim. And I typed it because I knew I would forget after <laughs> everything we talked about. Uh, so Kim, when it comes to making decisions, whether it's for the business or a specific part of a project, are there certain, uh, certain tools or processes that you use to try and determine what's going to have the best outcome? Mm -hmm. I like it. So number one is I write down what I'm trying to understand so that I know what I need to make a decision on. So what I heard from that is... When you have a goal or an outcome, how do you make a decision? What do you use to make a decision to achieve that goal or outcome? Yeah. Cool. So I'm validating that I've understood the problem. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So the first thing I think you need to ask yourself is, do I need to make a decision? Yes or no? If it's no, let it go. That's all. Oh, yeah, this is if. <laughs> no, but I think <laughs> you do need to make decisions. Right? Because sometimes we try to make decisions that we can't make a decision on. I'm going to give an example right now is Anna's like, what am I working on today? Because she's meant to be implementing client feedback. And I'm like, we don't have the client feedback and we don't know what state it's going to, we don't know. We can't, they're late on it. And so therefore we don't know. We can't make a decision 
on, sorry, that particular project. Cause you're like, what can I do on this project? I'm like nothing. Cause we have nothing to work with. So park it, move on. So if there is, is there a decision to be made? Yes or no. Right. Cause sometimes we forget that and we start going into all these decisions that we don't have all the information for. Mm. The next part is, yes, there is a decision to be made. <laughs> okay, so what do I do? Um, I get clear on the problem that I'm facing. So I start writing down, what, what, what's my understanding of the problem? What does it, and I'll just write sentences or dot points. Okay. Now, what are the questions I have about whatever has just come up for me? Do I have any questions? Do I need to find out the answers to anything to help me make an informed decision? So it's just like this little discovery process, I guess, at a simple level. Um, so to make a decision, I look at the, another thing that you do is look at evidence. What, that's what I was asking Hannah. What evidence do you have about that? Do you know that to be true? Because if we're going, sometimes we can't always go from our gut because a lot of the time, if I think about it, we focus on the negative. There might be one negative thing, but there's like 50 billion positive things. Is that one negative thing important to focus on? Yes or no? Hmm. It's one person's opinion. Is it a subjective opinion? Yeah, it's a subjective opinion. Okay, cool. See you later. Focus on the 50 billion really good things. If it's uh, this is broken, oh, then I need to do something about that. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's one thing. Um, yeah, I think part of it for me is like part of why I'm asking the question is because I don't think I always base my decisions on evidence. It's just like a feeling or <laughs> something. Mm -hmm. So I want to know like how I can remove that like remove that feeling and follow like a process to make them yeah. instead mm. but then what i'd say is you're not clear on the problem that you're trying to solve and you're not clear on the evidence that supports that problem so go mm. back to what i originally said yeah so do you have an example and then we can play it out um well the one that it came up for recently was basically making if we wanted to make changes to how we're advertising mm -hmm. something at the moment mm. and we all kind of came up with ideas for like how we could advertise differently mm -hmm. and some of them I was like oh that would be really cool that would be really cool I like that one the best but I'm like I'm not actually basing that off anything yeah. it's just I like the sound of it kind of thing yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where it stemmed from for me cool okay so for people listening um we did brainstorm we had a we had a problem we we're trying to solve we brainstormed ideas we just did a brainstorming activity and it ended up with 19 ideas so where do we prioritize right how do we decide where we should focus our energy so you can do the, you can just google how to prioritize things how to do brainstorming how to make decisions there's lots of tools out there in this particular situation what we did to talk it through as a process for inspiration is we did a brainstorming activity individually. We had 19 ideas and then we voted on them. We, you gave us three votes as individuals, which we voted on individually to avoid group think. 
because we're trying to validate because I know I was personally attached to an idea and I was like, that's the one that's going to solve the problem. But it was my, my gut, my feeling, right? So we need to check that. I had evidence to, to, to say that, that like, this is a problem that we need to solve, but is it the most important problem to solve right now? We voted. And then what we did was we brought those categories, those ones that were voted on out of the big group into a smaller group. So now we just, the other ones are discarded for now. We might revisit them in the future, but we've prioritized based on our voting system, six things. So then we're going, okay, well, out of these six, how do we know? I'm thinking to myself, yeah, my idea got voted on, wicked. It's in there, we're gonna do something. But what are we gonna do? And how are we deciding what we're gonna do? So we need criteria, right? So one that I am aware of, I'll just Google it for people um, and share the screen, is an impact analysis. Give me a second to do my typing. Um, I just find this one quite easy. Um, sharing my screen now. So I've just Googled easy versus impact. That's what I want to measure how we, how we prioritize these six things, right? So you can see there's lots of little diagrams. If I just click on this one. I can't see any. Oh, no, I can now. Um, so what we have is impact versus effort, right? Is it easy to do or not? And this is the low part and out here you have high and high. So one example, we can go on feeling idea one. So we go through them individually, you have six that we're exploring. We're focusing on number one. Now we say, okay, for number one, is the impact high? or low? Uh, I don't know. How would we know? Because we don't know what impact means to us. So therefore we need to put criteria against it. So the criteria we had for this particular project and problem that we were trying to solve was the impact was around awareness. So we were like, what's high awareness? Is that 10 people? Is it 100 people? Is it 200 people? Is it 1,000? So that was our criteria, right? So we decided that any more than 200 people would be high awareness. Then I, we were like, okay, well, what's another thing that's going to have impact is we want results, right? So what are results? Well, we want people to click on the call to action. We want them to do something. So we then had two criteria on impact. It was around awareness, 200 people or more, and it was around people taking action on a call to action. So then we rate it and we go, okay, is this item one? I'm gonna use um, the example of Mobili, like Hannah's little pug, if it's there, shout out to Mobili. Um, <laughs> but we wanted to use Mobili as like a little model to take photos of as our, um, there she is. <laughs> Looks like a little statue. <laughs> Frozen right now. Um, so we wanted Mobili to be a little model for some social media posts. And basically we're like, well, social media, we can hit the impact. We can build awareness on 200 people or more. Yes, because we have thousands of people in the community. So 
the call to action. If mobility is in our social media posts, can we guarantee people will take action on the call to action? Can we, yes or no? No, it's not guaranteed. We're making assumptions. Okay. So then we're able to go, it will be high on impact, but we're unsure of the call to action. We can't measure it. So that's zero. So therefore it falls in the middle. So we know now that our impact is in the middle. Now for this particular example, mobility being the star of our social media for a while, what is the effort? Well, we need to itemize and have criteria for that. So we had allocated project time. So we said first criteria is, can it be achieved today in the three hours? Yes or no? And if it can't, what time is it gonna take outside of this three hours, right? So that was our criteria for effort. So we then said, okay, what are all the tasks that we need for mobility to be the star of our social media? We would need to think of the social media posts. How many do we want? What are the captions? What poses would she need to be? We'd need to then have her model, take photos. We need to upload. We need to put them into buffer. Um, and have them posted. So there's lots of tasks. So then we were able to go, which ones can be achieved in today, in this three hours, and how long are those tasks gonna take? I think it was something like two hours. What ones need to be done later? Well, my Billy's not here at the studio, so we need to go home. Hannah has to take photos of her, and we need to then post them. So that's probably an hour and a half outside. So then we were able to plot it somewhere here, and basically they fall, all of your, they just say it was this one, right? So that's Mobili being the star. And then these are all of our ideas. So it turns out Mobili's idea of being social media star is not the highest priority because we want to have high effort and high impact. Wait, da, 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 low right. Yeah, okay, sorry, <laughs> over here. <laughs> um, so high impact, low effort. Yes, we're going to take priority she's up there whatever this idea is higher so we're going to do that first then we'll do this and then in the future we're going to we'll so we'll test these out if they know if they work or not we improve them or we put them into full action mode and then in the future when we're trying to revisit we now have a list of other priorities that we can focus on um that we can explore in the future and that's how you move away from feeling to evidence-based intentional decision-making. That's just one activity that I've learned. I'm sure there's many more, but if you Google how to prioritize, how to make decisions, um, you'll get little activities like that. Does that answer your question, Victoria? Yes, it does. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any others to add on that? How to make effective decisions? That's the first one I've used. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, probably, it's probably just like when I think about human centered design, like doing your research and asking for insights from end users before making decisions. Mm. And our discovery insights are really good for that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He's like coughing. Um, our discovery insights are good for that because it tells us like what the context is for the project and what our users are telling us. Mm. And then we can base our decisions on something that aligns with what is important to them and meets their needs. I think that's another one. Yeah. And I guess another thing is like, if there's lots of evidence saying one thing, mm. one bit of evidence saying one thing, 
that helps you. Mm. Yeah, people, if you're aware of other decision-making tools, pop them in the chat or the comment section, we can learn them too. Satisfied your questions being answered? Yes, thank you. Sweet as my turn. <laughs> All right, question for both of you. Um, what do you want to recognize in the other individual? So Victoria to Hannah, Hannah to Victoria. What do you want to recognize them for and the positive contribution they have made to our team? Tough question. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can think of anything. <laughs> Next question, Kim. <laughs> Some silence. Think about it. Will tears be shed? <laughs> when you're finishing, awkward. No. <laughs> <laughs> for Hannah I would like to say I feel like she always wants to go like above and beyond especially when it's when it comes to helping like the rest of the team like she'll always she'll if she's doing like one small task out of a whole project like she'll always check in and be like can I do anything else or like I like she, I just know she like really wants to help it be like the best thing possible and she wants to help like make sure that you can do the best thing possible as well um so I always really appreciate that. <laughs> There's lots of other things too, but I feel like that's the key one recently. That's beautiful, Vic. <laughs> Do you want to share quickly any of the other ones? Um, no. <laughs> Moving on. I have something to actually. <laughs> Settle down and just <laughs> and just be appreciated. Um. She's also, like, I feel like it all ties into the same thing, really. Like, she's just always there for everyone. Like, even if it's something she's not even involved with, like, I know I can always message her for advice or help or whatever, and, like, she'll always want to do whatever she can to, like, make things easier for other people. Um, sometimes she's, like, funny, but not... <laughs> not I'm much funnier fun. than you. <laughs> she brings, brings some humour, because it can be hard, like, working from home. Mm. majority of the time so it's good that we can have like good banter and stuff on chat like on <laughs> zoom and things like that um what else i don't think i've ever said anything this nice about her yeah this is weird entire friendship. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a friendship therapy session <laughs> um she always brings really good insight to things because I think, like, we both think about things very differently. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> very <but> different. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm always right and she's always right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's, I don't, I don't know if, the, the, I mean, this in a nice way, but she comes from, like, a very, like, uh, like, empathetic like emotional side whereas I can be a bit like blunt and like black and white kind of thing yeah <laughs> so it's really good for me to see it from another side like from I just think like the way you think is really nice about whether it's like lear the learners we're thinking about or just how we are as like a team it's 
yeah, I really appreciate like your <laughs> the way you think about things. Oh, thank I don't know how to say it properly, but <laughs> that's lovely. My turn. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna do my question. I'll tell you if I'm satisfied. <laughs> no. That was lovely. Thank you, Vic. The nicest things you've ever said to me. I I'm gonna cry after this. <laughs> cry happy tears. Okay. Have you got anything else, Vic, or are you finished? Oh, no, we can we can leave it there. We could go yeah. for hours, really. Get a big pen. <laughs> there, actually, I should have said what else. I asked you a closed question and gave you the opportunity to get out of an awkward, uncomfortable situation. So that's just a lesson for other people. I should have said what else. Well, yeah, no, that's it. I'd be clutching at straws from now on, I think. <laughs> I was really saving you. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, Victoria. So I appreciate about you, Victoria. These are the things I appreciate. That made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> My intros to every conversation. <laughs> so something I recognise about you is I feel like you're always, like, very helpful and like caring when it comes to tasks so like if you've given me a task or you're helping me with a task the way that like you communicate with me and like help me meet my goal is like really really lovely I don't even know how to describe it but you're always like so helpful you never like you should have known that or you're very much like no like that's a really good question or like you're very like encouraging and help people like feel good about themselves I really love that about you no you actually do like you're so lovely the way you communicate and like a really good person to work with on projects and tasks stop laughing <laughs> so that's one thing um another thing is I love your sarcastic humor <laughs> I feel like I laugh like 500 times a day <laughs> you're like a very witty person and you always like know the right funny thing to say in situations to make things better so I really appreciate about that about you. Um, similar to what you said, like I love, cause I am like, I do think very emotionally and you have like that logical way of seeing things. So I find that like extremely useful, not only in work, but in like my personal life as well. Cause I get caught up in like feeling a certain way about something, but you're so good at just being like, this is like the logic of it and helping me see the facts and like pull me out of emotional situations. So that is like, incredible I think you're like the one friend I have who is like really really good at that so I really appreciate that um and I think you just like you try so hard at everything you do like I know you want to do like a really really good job and you put like so much effort into everything you do and you really care about like Kim and me and the team and like what we create and I think that's like it's really lovely to have someone on the team like that who cares so much um, and you're really pretty <laughs> and I like how long your hair is and <laughs> you have a heart you have a heart of gold and I love you too Hans and this has been another episode of Studio <laughs> thank you for watching please share this with anyone that you think will add value to you too and timestamp it and get that key message whatever has resonated share it with that person so they can take action they can experiment thanks for watching peace out <laughs>